This is a podcast by The Straits Times. You're listening to In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Ernest Lewis. Now, 1,000 youth participants were surveyed in a new poll on housing done by the National Youth Council, and it's being released on January 17, 2023, the same day this episode is out. More details of the poll can be found on the Youthopia website. In this episode, we've invited two youths to come on our show and share their thoughts on housing in Singapore. Muhammad Arshad a sales development executive who recently graduated from Singapore University of Technology and Design and now works in his family's business. We also have Cho Ming Siu, who has dedicated his life to volunteer work and started a non-profit mental health organisation in 2016 for youths and young adults called Campus Sai. This episode is brought to you by the National Youth Council in support of Forward Singapore. Welcome to the show, Arshad and uh, Ming Xiu. Hi. Hi, happy to be here. Good to have you guys here. And thanks for coming on this episode. So, Arshad, you're, I understand you're 26 this year in 2023. And you're single. Ready to mingle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unattached, obviously. And you have uh, two older siblings who are married and they just moved out. You and your sister are now living with your family in the Pasiris area, right? Yes. Yes, you are. Okay. And you know... I was mentioning the poll uh, earlier and the top three priorities actually for youth in Singapore when it comes to purchasing uh, public housing in Singapore is 61% actually said they want accessible public transport. That's the top priority. The second top priority is affordability. That's at 57%. And then the third top priority is amenities around the area which is 53% so accessible public transport actually what what do you think of that Arshad? For me uh, I would say accessibility to public transport is would be my third I would look at affordability first right. and then look at amenities second because I think I just started working so I think I have to look at whether mm. uh, how much do I have to fork up monthly for my CPF to pay for my flat and uh, look at the cost and how much mm. will I be tied down and will this affect, you know, when I want to start a family or do I have any other life goals that I want to achieve and how will housing affect that kind of life goals that I want to achieve at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. And you just started working with your family. This is your first job? Yes, this is my first job. I just graduated. And you started working, what, in, in less than a year? Less than a year, yes. Okay, so obviously you're concerned about your CPF reserve, right? Obviously it's nothing much. Yes. And are you thinking of doing this housing journey on your own, that means you must be able to afford it by yourself, from your own. Yes. I think me and my future partner out there, I would hope that we can do it on our own. I don't have to rely on anyone. I think yeah. uh, we want to be independent and not have to have yeah. the extra pressure of you know, having to rely on someone else to be able to afford a house at the end of the day. Yeah. And certainly not pressuring your parents into helping you guys out with down payments or those kind of things. Yeah, I think we would rather the money that our parents if they want to give us, we rather they use for themselves for like their retirement and all. Okay, so amenities in this sense, uh, why Pasir Ris? So 
you know, sometimes uh, in the housing debates over the past few months, the authorities actually sometimes they do encourage the, the young youth or even first-time applicants, you know, consider applying your chances are higher if you go into less popular estates, you know, non-mature estates as well. What do you think of that? Of course, Pasir Ris is a very uh, popular area. And uh, what are you thinking and why did you want to stay in the Pasir Ris area? I think uh, with regards to accessibility to public transport, why is that? Because I feel that our public transport system is constantly improving. Mm. Like from my area, when I look at it now, in another six years' time, they actually are going to build a new MRT station like just near my bus stop. Okay, so and that's in Pasir Ris that, East? That's Pasir Ris East, so okay. just near my, near my current bus stop that I take bus from. So, mm-hmm. in that sense, uh, non-mature estates are also going to improve and then more and more MRT stations and your bus routes are going to be more and more easier to take bus to go to the nearby MRT stations as well. So, I think in that sense, that's why uh, accessibility to public transport is third. But I think in terms of amenities, it's like whether I can have get my groceries easily, I don't have to order in, I can just go down to my coffee shop and just order food, have my lunch, dinner. That kind of amenities is something that I think is much more important to me because I feel that the public transport system is constantly improving. Yeah. Mm. And affordability, I mean, you've done your calculations, right? You actually, I understand you like to read a lot of stories about housing debates, housing articles uh, in the media and all that. So you've done your calculations. Are you concerned about affordability issues, especially in the next, uh, you don't have a girlfriend now, but at least in the next five years, you know, are you concerned about that or are you quite confident about the government reviews of the housing situation, especially in the last few months with Forward Singapore and all that? Yeah. I think uh, in terms of the review, I would prefer to see the results, but I think based on what is being reported and all, you do see that there is an upward trajectory in terms of the prices of flats, especially in mature and more popular areas. And for example, mm. if I'm looking to buy a flat in Pasiris near my parents and I would expect it for the cost to be much higher. Yeah. So I think that will be a big concern for me. So, right. Yeah. And they also did mention that they're going to look at the classifications as well, yes, right? Yes. Mature estates yeah. and, and non-mature estates. Is that hopeful for you? Yeah, I mean, that's something that's hopeful. But I feel like at the end of the day, how do they categorize mature and non-mature? Is it like their access to amenities or, you know, mm. how, uh, how close is it to the central area? I think it's something that I will be ready. But how will this classification also affect pricing? Is something that you have to look at. Right. Because it's not like once they change the classification, certain areas, the prices are just going to change immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's something, how will the review of this mature and non-mature estates also affect my chances as well? Mm. Because like you mentioned, if I were to apply in a non-mature estate, I would have higher chances. Yes. So now if they change the classification, will my chances of applying a flat in the same area change? Right. Yeah. So I think that's something that we have to look at also. Okay. So you're saying that you would not consider at all for now, if you had to apply maybe in the next two, three years, you won't apply for a BTO flat in a non-mature estate or projects with lower application rates. You still want to go for Basiris? I will go for Basiris, but I will see how the launches are. Because for me, uh, one thing I tend to look at also is, example, I'm applying for a flat now, I have to look at where is the completion date. And then from there, I have to also calculate, like, for example, I want to start a family, but mm. I want to start while staying with my parents or where I want to start it once I moved it. So I think this has... And also I have to look at my age and my partner's age as well. And in terms of planning yes. how we want to go about doing it. Because uh, if you look at it, sometimes the mature estates or the PLH models, they require you to stay inside for 10 years or there's a longer completion time. So how will this affect if I want to move out or if I want to increase, uh, like sell my flat and then move to maybe another flat, maybe closer to my parents, that kind of thing. So these are mm. the thoughts that I have like, when I'm making this decision. Yeah, so actually... 
since your top priority for you is affordability, actually in the poll results, there was this question, what forms of support are most important when purchasing public housing? So the top priority is actually 52%, low monthly payments. And then 51%, just a shade below, larger housing grants. And then 40%, the third top priority is assurance of getting a PTO flat. Do you agree with that kind of ranking for yourself? What forms of support are most important for you actually? I would say the second option, uh, more housing grants, yeah. would be closely related if like the prices of flats could also decrease. Because if I have more housing grants, means my total cost of the flat also decreases. Mm -hmm. So I think that's related a bit. But in terms of monthly payment, uh, I have to look at it in terms of how much of it would I have to pay in cash or how much of it do I have to take out for my CPF? Because I think there is that, that concern I also have. Whether my CPF will have enough at the end of the day for me to just pay for my CPF or will I have to fork out cash? So I think that uh, the number one priority will still be my monthly payment for me. Yeah, that's true because you do want to be self-reliant, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing is also your family, your parents, right? And in the coming years, make me the next 10, 20 years, mm -hmm. aging parents, that's probably another reason why you want to be closer to them rather than in a non, like a further out estate, even if it's non-mature and mature or how they classify it later on, you still would want to be closer to your parents, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, yeah, closer to my parents so that, you know, if they have any needs, medical needs, I'll be able to mm. attend to them as quickly as possible. And also because my siblings themselves are also uh, got a flat in past race as well. Right. But they go through the you know, the resale market. Mm. So in the, in the sense where your whole family is in past race, and then if you decide to move to a different area, then you sort of miss out of like, you know, if anything happens, okay. there is that fear as well. As, like you said, 10, 20 years, you know, the, uh, the needs of my parents will become greater as well. Uh, and also based on my research, uh, I'm aware that actually they have uh, allocated an uh, area near the MRT in Pasiris for uh, upcoming BTO launch, even though they haven't announced when the launch will be. And the the fact that uh, White Sands are actually now renovating it to be an integrated transport hub with the polyclinic, all the amenities being at the White Sands MRT, Pasiris MRT itself. So in that sense, if I were to apply a BTO near the MRT and I have my parents move in with me, it would be easier for them to bring them for their monthly checkups or any appointments they have. If there's any issues, I can just bring them down to the polyclinic. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. That saves a lot yeah, of time yes. for you, right? Yeah, effort, yeah, okay. The other thing is that you must have read also in the stories that in the coming years, Housing Board will actually increase the proportion of BTO flats uh, with waiting times of under three years as part of the supply of new flats. But because you know of the COVID disruptions and all, it'll take a while for this to happen. So, Ashad, are you hopeful when you hear that this development is in, in, in the pipeline? I mean, I'm hopeful. I think if there's a shorter waiting time, then in terms of my family planning, my partner, it will really help us as well in terms of how we want to move forward. But I, from what I understand or with inquiring my friends and all, they always say that they, or they, you can always expect some sort of delay because uh, I think they also have other demands to meet as well. I think especially with COVID and all. And in the near future, we don't know what other disruptions could happen. So I think this is something that we are hopeful for. But I think we also have to think about uh, be prepared for any other disruptions to happen as well. Yeah. So Arshad, actually, just to cap it off nicely with you, I'm hearing that your future partner, whoever's listening out there, needs to help you on this, right? Yes, of course, for sure. Okay, besides the authorities. Yeah, of course. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so feel free to reach out to me at uh, 952. <laughs> Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Back to my conversation with two single and young Singaporeans telling us about their thoughts and concerns about housing options in Singapore. This episode is brought to you by National Youth Council in support of Forward Singapore. Now we move on to Mingxiu next. And Mingxiu, you're single and unattached at the time of recording, right? Yes. <laughs> and you're turning 36 this year in 2023. Yep. Okay, so I understand you're living with your family now in Sankang. Mm. And uh, if you were to get your first flat, uh, you'd be looking somewhere around in the Pongol mm. or Sankang area, right? Yep. And you're looking at houses. And what has been your housing journey like, you know, as, as you, you've been doing this for, what, the past few years? or? Oh, so last year, I actually met up with one of my friends who is a housing agent. And then uh, he was just sharing with me because last year I was 35, right? And then Mm -hmm. uh, I was eligible to actually apply for a flat, right? Um, Under the scheme, the single scheme. And so I wanted to find out more from him. What are some of the available houses that that are near probably Sengkang area? Um, Because the proximity grant is actually, I think, you need to stay within four kilometers from your parents and we stay around Sengkang area and I think Pongo, it's it's quite a, a good neighbourhood. Yes. Although it's non-mature estate, but then uh, yes, it has quite well-developed amenities over the years. And I think it's it's up and coming. Yeah, just that the prices are also up and coming. Yeah, so I started last year. Um, but in terms of going around to actually take a look at the houses, uh, more so probably this year, uh, because mm-hmm. last year I was quite busy with my work uh, and, and stuff. Mm. Yeah, but I think apart from Pongo itself, because four kilometers, right, it doesn't just, it's not just Pongo, right? Yeah. So I think Aogang or hopefully Serangoon or even Angokyo would be possible. Yeah, like just mm. now you mentioned, right, uh, your, your conversation with Arshad. Amenities, I think, is one. Um, transportation and affordability is definitely a key issue also. Right. So for you, which of those three are the, at the top of your... Well, for me, I think... Similar to the survey, the poll, I think affordability, mm. then comes amenities, and mm-hmm. then last but not least, transportation. Because transportation-wise, I think uh, it's quite accessible in Singapore, right? Uh, there's Grab, there's Gojek and all that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. Affordability-wise, um, I think in recent years, we have seen that the government has put up more, like you mentioned earlier, the housing grants and, and different schemes and all that. Uh, but still, I think for singles, uh, because they're not doing this together with their spouses, yeah. they're not getting BTOs, right? So I think mm. it's a bit difficult and challenging. So it's only the proximity garden that is... Uh, uh, well, I've yes. done some research. Uh, you uh, For singles and uh, families, actually both, I think they have the enhanced CPF housing grant, right? Mm-hmm. For singles, that's up to about 25k if you're getting a two to four room resale flat. If you're getting a five-room flat, then that's about 20k max. And if you're getting a proximity grant, two to four-room would be about um, 15k. And then if you're getting a five-room, that's about 15k. So if you add on to the enhanced uh, housing CPF grant and, and all that, then it amounts to quite substantial. La. But still, like what Arshad mentioned earlier, I think it really depends whether or not 
because now you know the resale market is still mm. going up, right? Uh, and it has been going up since the past year, even though the cooling measures has, the second cooling measures has, have been announced, right, by MND yeah, and yeah. HDB September, right, twenty twenty two. The first one was December twenty twenty one, but still it doesn't seem abating, lah. Yeah, but I think we'll we'll give it some time. For, yeah. Actually, from the poll results, I can share with you another highlight from the poll. The question was, do you think there are current public housing options that are sufficient for singles? And 55% actually disagree. Mm. 45% agree. So, would you be one of those 55% that disagree? Well, <laughs> I'm neutral, but I do have substantial amount of friends who uh, disagree to this. Yeah. Uh, because for singles, right, uh, Singapore is generally, I mean, the housing policies and most government policies are more pro-family, right? Because I think the cornerstone and foundation of our country is really yes. celebrating families yep. and, and setting up families and all that and so, and so and so forth, right? And so for singles, I think even for BTO, you know, you can, even if you want to get a BTO for yourself, it's actually a uh, maximum of about two two room uh, flexi flat right and it's usually in a non-mature estate like okay i don't want to give some gr <laughs> some, <Yeah. laughs> some Let, let's not go let's there, not yet. Go there yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so if it's you know and then i think a lot of singles they they are able to afford it because i mean when you're 35 you would have about 10 years of cpf and all that yeah some of them they wouldn't want to get a private housing because Probably they want to save up for other means in life, right? For the lifestyle mm -hmm. choices and all that. And so they want to get a, a public housing. But then a public housing would be like a two-room flexi-flat and non-mature non estate. And so then, obviously, they would rather go for a private, right? And, and so mm. it leaves them with not much choices. And, and so I was wondering whether or not, I mean, the government or the relevant ministries can look into that to see how we can also celebrate singles. I mean, not yeah, yeah right? And... and diversity and inclusivity right mm. uh, everyone has their own choices and you are doing good work you contribute to the society as well in your own way in your job scope as well but what are the options for you on the table like is it the new BTO or is it resale flat obviously mm. you're different from Arshad Arshad is very concerned mm. about his CPF building up his CPF reserve you after mm. working for about 10 years or so uh, you're in a mm. better situation than him but of course you're older but what are the options? Mm. Is it BTO or resale flats? Would you even consider a non-mature estate? Or I really don't know. I mean, what about the PLH, the prime location public housing uh, model for you? Oh, that's a very good question. I've been thinking for quite some time. I mean, initially, um, I was thinking to actually uh, go for a BTO. Mm. Yeah, that was when I, I was in a relationship. So a BTO would be better because, I mean, you can do it together mm -hmm. with your other half and then, um, you know, the... Subsidies would be double and then it will lessen the burden and at the same time you get a new house. But the thing is, I think the waiting time is one thing that really deters uh, most young yeah. couples, right, who wants to set up family like what Arshad mentioned, you know. It takes more than, uh, I, I mean, just now you mentioned that uh, HDB is going to reducing mm. it to three years but currently it's about four to five years, right? And They're going to look at reducing it. It's yes. pretty difficult for a couple who wants to set up a family five, to yeah. wait for yeah. four to five years lah. So I think the long waiting time really deters and most of my young working friends mm. or couples who want to set up new families, usually they go to the resale market. But the resale market, as I mentioned earlier, right, we all know that it's, it's still going up and yeah. all that. And so it, it doesn't really 
I mean, we need to give the policies a few years to actually mature and all that uh, so that we can see the benefits of it. But I, I mean, for those who, the, the young couples who are actually struggling now, how are we going to then uh, address the issues la, that they're facing? So if I can bring uh, Arshad back in here, I mean, very quickly, it's your concern is building up that CPF reserve. If you want to be self-reliant, you're taking a few years there. Then from there, he finds a partner, then he's thinking about the cost, right? Yeah. And affordability, the cost of living, obviously, those are the, the big concerns. So when you take in all that, you're looking at about like five to seven, five, five years at least, you know, by the time you come to your stage, right? Makes you? Sure. Correct. Yeah, definitely. So, and that's when you are in a relationship. But as you know, with all relationships, it's not a guarantee. Mm. I have friends who <laughs> actually, you know, BTO and then after which things soured and then they... Right. Yeah. And so, I do agree with Ashad that, you know, it's always good to actually depend on your own. And then, if you happen to meet someone, ideal, uh, and you want to actually set up a own family, then, uh, I mean, there's another scheme where you can top up, right? Mm-hmm. Under HDB, where you can actually get your other spouse to actually get a BTO together with you after that. But of course, right, I think the two-room thing, it's still quite a deterrence la, for public housing for uh, young singles. Singles, For yes. myself, I... I don't just look at it as a place to live, but also to, to help me to actually help in, in future la, in terms of finances and all that. So that in the future, hopefully, if I have a family and all that, right, then uh, hopefully me and my spouse, uh, we can actually upgrade probably to private housing. Okay, can I ask you this, right? I mean, uh, ming Siu, like uh, resale flats and all that, are you concerned also like when you get, if you go into that option, would one of your concerns be then the decaying lease value as you as it ages? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's 99-year lease, right? But if, let's say, the, the lease is left with not much, then, yeah, then, of course, it devalues also the property, right? And if usually people buy BTO, right, you know, they hope that after probably five years after yes. MOP or even TOP for private, right, then they hope to actually get a bit of profit so that, you know, they, most Singaporeans, right, they hope to upgrade, right, to a private housing or whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, if... This, the lease is not a lot, then obviously you wouldn't be able to get much out of uh, the first housing. But I'm not trying to propagate uh, using a house as an investment tool. I'm just saying it's really to help yeah. want to improve their life. Actually, yeah. that brings me to this point in, in the poll, actually. Um, there was one other highlight from the poll. Mm. The statement was, HDBs should be used for owner occupation and not as an investment asset. Now, 49% agree, 33% strongly agree, 15% disagree. Mingxiu, your views first since you mentioned that. Well, I definitely agree with the majority uh, that, yeah, owner occupation should be the first because I think public housing, it's really for the public, right? (laughs) Yeah, to stay and to have a family and all that and... Yeah, the secondary, probably you could use it for other uses, but primary use should be for leaving. Arshad, what about you? Yeah, I, I would say the same. I think uh, look at your uh, public housing is uh, is for your own housing needs. Like, it shouldn't be used as an investment asset. If you want to look at that, maybe you should look at the private, the private housing instead of looking at the public housing market. Right. Yeah, but I think in that sense also, sometimes also you have to look at it, for example, I were to apply for a flat, if I can't get a flat in Pasiris, if I have to apply for some place else outside of Pasiris, mm-hmm. then maybe I will look at it at, maybe after the five years, I want to come back to Pasiris, that's why I buy a flat somewhere else first. 
So mm. I think this is sometimes what people do also. Like I have a cousin. Yes. She bought a flat in Woodlands first. A camera right. Woodlands. So now she's planning to come back to Pasiris. Oh, okay. So that's where all our relatives are. So I think that's, that's sometimes they make that decision because they have no choice. Because like maybe there's no much launches in the East area or in the Pasiris area. So they have to go out first before they plan to come back. Mm. So with that profit, maybe they are able to afford housing in the resale market in Pasiris then. Mm. Yeah. So I think in that sense, they are looking... It, it, some people it may look at or they're looking at it from a more of an investment side but yeah. actually for, on their end it's just that for more of my family planning so I can be at the end of the day maybe when I start my uh, when my kids are still young I can still move my house not when they're older it'll be much more difficult for me yes yeah, so I think in that sense it's, uh, there are also other considerations you have to look into as well so Mingxiu are you hopeful that uh, the authorities will look into further debates you know engaging with the public about the question of decaying HDB flat values you know in the resale market yeah well definitely i'm 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 hopeful of that because i think for majority of resale buyers they would also hope that their housing would really appreciate even after they stayed there for you know mm. for some time and they hope to upgrade yeah. them you know into be- uh, private housing and all that if not then i think bto will be the only choice mm. right but i think for as we discussed earlier, for singles, there's really not much options. I mean, if you yes. if you really want to go to public housing, it's usually non-mature estate, uh, two-room flat. And if you don't want it, then you have to go to the private housing. Then that's the follow- affordability issues and all that. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. if, um, I mean, there are more parliamentary debates on on, on this issue, on, on the 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 decay, right? The least decay and all that and how we can actually help. How can MND or even HDB come in to help Singaporeans on that? Then I think it will help in terms of alleviating and addressing the fears and issues uh, that uh, young Singaporeans or Singaporeans in general face in the resale market. All right. Thanks very much for sharing your thoughts on this topic of housing and the concerns of Singapore youth. Uh, Arshad, thanks a lot. Uh, no worries. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, Mingxiu, thanks for your insights as well. Thanks for having us. Well, that's a wrap for In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Ernest Lewis. And if you resonate with the points raised, do share this podcast episode with your friends and family. And if you'd like to read more of ST's opinion articles, there are links in the podcast text description below. This episode was brought to you by the National Youth Council in support of Forward Singapore. Thanks for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.